What is his manifested presence? How do you get that when we come together? It says he dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. That means that whenever we praise God, he comes and sits down on it. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us today as we begin a new message entitled A Prescription for Praise. You don't have to be around the church very long to realize that praise or worship and music is one of those things that a lot of people within the church may not see eye to eye on. We all have preferences. But bottom line, what does the Bible say about worship and about praise? Because if we actually go to church to worship God, shouldn't we do it the way that he prescribes? That's what our message today is all about. So I hope that you will open your Bible and join us in Psalm chapter 47 as we begin a message entitled, A Prescription for Praise. Here is Pastor Ford. Lady was in a church that was uh, more cerebral than it was celebrative. Uh, I, I know in Christ Bible members who were here when I first came as pastor. You remember how it was when, when I first came? Uh, we, we would have people who would come in from what we call traditional Baptist churches, and they would say, amen. And an usher would walk up and say, shh, 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 don't, don't do that in here. You, you remember that, Sister Triplett? Come on, tell truth now. Shame the devil. If you got loud, they would come and tell you, oh, we don't do that here. So if you need to do that, you're in the wrong church. Well, this lady was in that kind of church. Thank God it ain't like that now. Oh, okay, all right. And uh, this lady was in that kind of church. And so, uh, you know, they're in worship, and she says, hallelujah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the pulpit team looked at the ushers right away, and the ushers knew that was the signal. Go shut that woman up. So they went over, and he said, ma'am, uh, you're disrupting our service. She said, hallelujah. So I can't help it. We're talking about Jesus. I just got to give him a hallelujah. He said, he said, he said, miss, miss, you got, you're going to have to be quiet. She said, I can't. Don't you realize I got it? Usher said, I don't know what you got, but I guarantee you, you didn't get it here. <laughs> and there's a controversy, isn't it? There's a controversy today in the church about praising God. Uh, because uh, is it celebrative or is it cerebral? Uh, should we focus all of our attention and uh, just focus in on, on everything and, and never say hallelujah, never raise our hands? What, 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 what is the, the right response? Uh, those people running down the aisles and crying and, and doing all that kind of stuff, is all of that really necessary? And there's a controversy. It's in the Anglo church too. I preach in plenty of them and it's there too uh, because you have those who are the baby boomers and they love the old hymns. They get excited when the worship leader comes in front and says, Almighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. They get excited. It gives them goosebumps. But then uh, there are those that have the praise choruses. And you go to churches like Hillsong that's famous for their praise team. And here's what you'll see. You'll see it look like a rock band. And they're dressed like a rock band. And the music is gospel music, but they're playing the guitar. And everybody's jumping. 
And they're saying, is all of that necessary? So do you know why a lot of churches went to two services? Not because they had to, because they were having too many people. They went so they could do two different kinds of services. So if you like to be contemplative, cerebral, we got a service for you. And if you want to jump and shout and holler and scream, we got a service for you. And so what is it? I mean, this controversy about prayer, is it running down the aisles and versus sit soaking and souring? I mean, what is it? Is it, is it something, uh, because there's some people, I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't fiery, then it was kind of dead in church today. <laughs> what do you mean? It was, it was dead. It was dead. It was dead. But then you have that crowd that says, how was church today? It was more perspiration than inspiration. Then people just running around acting a fool because they, they just want to act the fool. And so you have that controversy. Well, what is it? And, and when you look at these individuals who are cerebral and, and they begin to evaluate the worship of those who are fiery, you hear things like it's more perspiration than inspiration. All oh, them people was worshiping with their hips. They weren't worshiping with their lips. You know, and so it's like there are some people now, uh, they need the worship leader uh, to fire them up. They need the music director to liven them up. They need the deacons to pray them up. They need the organ to stir them up. They need the choir to pump them up. They need the preacher to preach them up. They need the ushers to wake them up. That's why I stopped saying, say Amen. You notice I don't, I don't tell you say amen anymore? Let me tell you why. Because when God says amen, it means it is so. And whenever we say amen, it means so be it. In other words, the amen is a response when you're able to relate to what is being said, sung, or preached. So then, why would I solicit an amen and make people say amen to something they can't relate to? So, for example, he's a doctor uh, in a sick room. Everybody that's ever been sick and he is healed, you know what they'll say when I say? that? Amen. Yeah, a lawyer in a courtroom. Now, some of y'all can't relate to it, but all of us felons? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, any felons in the house? I say, God is a lawyer in a courtroom. Amen. <laughs> and all us felons say, yes, he is. <laughs> if he put your marriage together, I say, God can resurrect a dead marriage. Everybody who is going to the divorce courts like me and my sugar babe and God put us together after three years of marriage and we just celebrated 41 more, making it 44. All those people say, yes, he can. Yes, he is. And whatever it is that you can relate to, you ought to say, Oh, and so, and so now the opposite end of the spectrum is equally true. Yeah, there's some worship that's all flesh, but there's some worship, I don't know what you want to call it, I guess it's all flesh. Uh, because the opposite end of the spectrum is equally true. There are some who sit, soak, and sour. The whole service, it's like, they ain't move. Did y'all hear about a guy was in a service like that and had a heart attack? And they called the paramedics. The paramedics took out 12 people before they found the dead guy. 
It's like, come on, come on now. Well, that's how I worship. I, I don't buy that. Let me tell you why I don't buy that. It would be like, uh, how many saw, uh, I don't know whether it was the second game or third game, when D. Rose took that last second shot, made that three points, and we won that game from Cleveland? Can you imagine? Now, at my crib, I'm hollering, shout, my wife can make, come to make sure I didn't fall or something. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, oh, we in there, we in there. Did it happen that way when you, who watched it? Who, let me ask you this. Did you sit there and go, that was something else, wasn't it? No, you went crazy. And whatever it is that you love, you respond to it. Yeah, you respond to it. And the more you love it, the greater your response to it. Oh yeah, I know what I'm talking about now. And so, and so what goes on? I mean, in some churches, if you go in and see them with their hands up, you'd be looking for the person with the pistol. Somebody holding these folk up. I ain't never seen no hands up in here. Yeah, you think it was a holdup. So what is it? Fiery emotionalism or cold orthodoxy? Sometimes you can't identify what is genuine anymore. It's like the husband and the wife, they had just got married and uh, come from the honeymoon. She made the first meal for him and she said, she said, well, I have to confess to you. I should have told you I can only make two things and I made you one of them. He said, well, what are the two things? She said, I can make spaghetti and I can make strawberry shortcake. So she put it down. He said, well, that's great. I don't have a problem with that. Everybody can learn, but I got a question. And uh, she said, what's the question? He said, which one is this? <laughs> yeah. So you can't always tell. I said, you can't always tell, but it shouldn't stop us from praising. It shouldn't stop us from praising. So uh, I like what Vance Havner, the late great revivalist said. He said this, I don't understand how electricity works, but I'll be darned if I'm gonna sit in the dark until I do. I don't know sometimes whether I'm motivated by the flesh or by the faith. All I know is I just ain't sitting there. All I know, he's been too good for me to keep my mouth shut. All I know is, I, I, I know the Bible say, lift my hands. I know the Bible say, I can jump and shout. I know the Bible say, I can run on for Jesus. I, I just got to do something. Uh, we're going to hear more from Pastor Ford in just one moment. You're listening to a message entitled, A Prescription for Praise. Really a look at Psalm 47, and we'll continue this teaching in just a second. I want to let you know that each and every broadcast is available online, so if you ever miss a program, you don't have to miss out. Come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and you can simply stream programs through your computer. You can download MP3s or even order copies on CD. Now, we'd love to know where you listen to this broadcast and what difference it may be making in your life. You can always contact us through our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Recently, we heard from a listener in Peoria who wrote, Please provide a specific thank you and appreciation to Pastor Ford for his teaching in this program. I listen to him daily. I benefit so much from his perspective and the powerful action-oriented approach. I want to continue to help spreading the gospel. Well, Thomas, thank you for your notes. And if we've never heard from you, you can always get a hold of us through the website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, let's get back to the message. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. 
So when we look at Psalm 47, here's what it answers. What is praise? What is praise? Yeah, it's a prescription for praise, but it answers the question, what is, what is biblical praise? Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. Now, Psalm 47, I got to give you the context before I give you the content so that you would understand the intent of the content and know that this thing is right. Psalm 47 is called a song of ascent. What's it called? That's right. Or an enthronement song. It was given to the minister of music to be arranged for the sons of Korah, according to 1 Chronicles 6, 31 and 33, and 1 Chronicles 16, 7. So then it was composed after the battle that Jehoshaphat had with his three enemies that came against Israel. And so this is their victory song that they composed and put the music because of the great victory. They were in the valley of Barakah, and Barakah means blessing. That's where God gave them the victory, in the valley of blessing. And so now when you begin to look at them, they're praising him for delivering them from overwhelming odds so that they're outnumbered three to one. And you and I, we have three enemies too. Holler them out. Tell me who they are. The world, the flesh, and the devil. So the world wants to pour us into its mold, and the flesh wants to allure us to its enticement, and the devil wants to devore us. Well, if the rappers can do it, how come I can't do it? You know I like rhyme. You know I like alliteration. So uh, instead of devour, devour. It's spelled the same way, D-E-V-O-U-R, devour. So the world wants to allure us, and the flesh wants to pour us, and the devil wants to devour us. That'll be on my hit single when I do my preacher rap. <laughs> And so what happens? It defines praise for us. What is it, Pastor Ford? Well, let's talk about it. This prescription of praise, here it is. What do you give a prescription for? A prescription is what a doctor gives you that gives you a prognosis so that uh, after he gives you a diagnosis, this is what's wrong with you. He gives you a prescription. This is how you get better. So as we begin to wrestle with what is this praise thing, well, then let's get this prescription that's based on this definition so that you and I would know this is what God wants us to do when we come to church. All right, let's see. Notice, first of all, uh, this song of ascent starts off verse 1 and verse 6. What is praise? Praise is rejoicing in the presence of God. What is it? Come on, talk to me. Rejoicing in the presence of God. Listen to this. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. So here in verse 1 and verse 6, he tells us, listen, what is prayer? It's rejoicing in the presence of God. 
that, that here's what we do. We want the manifested presence of God. We already know he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But God never promised just because he was omnipresent that he would have his manifested presence. What is his manifested presence? Well, how do you get that when we come together? It says he dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. That means that whenever we praise God, he comes and sits down on it. He say, oh, this is good. Come on, come on. I, I'm the only one that, that's right. Come on, come on. I'm the only one that deserves it. Come on, that's right. Oh, you know that about me? Oh, yeah. I'm getting excited now because you getting excited about me. Yeah, that's what's going on. So notice with me the intense manifestation of rejoicing in his presence. The intense manifestation of rejoicing. What do you mean intense? I'm going to show you that this teaches us worship ought to be intense. Praise ought to be intense. Okay, oh, notice. Notice what's going on. Notice it's visible. Oh, clap your hands. Can you see that? Oh, you can see that. Sing. Shout. Here it is. I'm just going to drop it. I'm not going to push them. First of all, there's a misnomer. Whenever, whenever we clap our hands, that's not really a part of worship in the Bible. No, it's not. When, when, when you clap, they just come from the victory. Here's what they're trying to say. We had some enemies we couldn't beat. And God defeated those enemies. Now, here's the picture you get. God is up in front. And then they did what God told them to do, put the choir up. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Then you have Jehoshaphat and all the people. They're marching to war, and this is what they would do. They understood that since the battle is the Lord, the clapping was a symbol of having the enemy between your hands. And they would start off slow, and they get louder and faster. Now, you imagine all those people marching, all that noise being made, and the enemy saying, what's going on? What is that? It multiplies the sound of the people coming at you so that, so that it, it sounds like every person sounds like three people, and you got all this, clunk, 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 clunk. what's going on? And then all of a sudden, you hear the clapping start, and you know what you hear? Hallelujah! The battle is the Lord's! So it's visible. You should see praise. Okay? You say, what do you mean by that? Because it says we should praise him. Now, I don't have time to go over the 11 words in the Old Testament translated praise. I'm just going to give you one of them. It's the word gil. Sing praises to the Lord. It's the Hebrew word gil, G-I-L. So anytime they use that word for praise, they're not only telling you sing, they're telling you move. That's visible. But then I want you to notice, not only is it visible, but you can hear it. It's verbal. See, I can see if he said, whisper unto God. He said, shout unto God. But then notice, it's vigorous, clapping, jumping, singing. That's vigorous. What do you mean? That takes energy. You know, I tell people all the time, when I, when I, when I was unsaved, Jack, 
uh, wife tell you, she right here. Uh, man, whenever, whenever I hit Friday and the eagle flew, I get my head bad, come home, you know, and uh, put my music on to get ready to go to the party. You know, the party says, party start at 10. I ain't going in no 10. Squares go at 10. I head out about 1130. Head bad. Ready to go, man. And, and how many change of clothing did I have to take, darling, to a party? Three to four changes of clothing at every party. I was so glad it was because the first part of the party would be jamming. Whoo! Boom, 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 boom. Vigorously, right? Amen. And so I need two changes of clothes because I'd be wet twice in an hour and a half. Amen. Then I put on a set to catch everything as I dry off to get to the slow dancing that it always ended. And I know she didn't want me next to her all sweaty. And so I put that fourth pair on after the third pair absorbed all of the sweat. And then we could, you know, slow dance. Amen. And what was our favorite? Do you remember? Stay in my corner. That was always the last dance, too. Say, so what do you say? I tell everybody, when I served the devil, I served him with all of my might. When I danced for the devil, I danced with all of my might. Now I know Jesus. And I dance with all of my might. I give him everything. When I leave here, I don't have anything left. So I tell people, I ain't stopped dancing. I just changed partners. That's all. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. And how about you? Are you serving Christ with all of your might? Well, I hope you'll become a regular listener to this program if you're not already, because Pastor Ford will continue to encourage you to give God everything you've got. Hey, we're glad that you've joined us for this half-hour Bible teaching. You know, we're here to help you grow in your walk with Christ. This month, we're talking about a really intriguing book by Dr. Ron Rhodes. It's called The Big Book of Bible Answers, and time is running out to give a gift of any amount and request a copy. Now, Dr. Rhodes is a best-selling author and a respected Bible scholar, and he's written this easy-to-read book that offers answers to frequently asked questions about God and the Bible, even many questions you might be afraid to ask your pastor. We want you to be equipped to serve Christ to the best of your ability, and that's why we make resources like this available to you and why we're on the air. You can give your financial support and request the Big Book of Bible Answers when you call 888-644-7660 Or if it's easier, go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, we love hearing from you. If you prefer to give by mail, you can do that. But would you include a note telling us how long you've been listening and how God is using this program in your life? You can address your gift along with your request to Treasure Truth, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. So contact us today with your gift of any amount and request the Big Book of Bible Answers. Again, our number is 888-644-7660. And our website is treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. Join us again next week for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.